Hi friends, I'm Adrian, And I'm John. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I'm the CEO and owner of an insurance company and a real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Good morning. So we have a fun podcast today. We have our friend here. So we have a guest interviewer. So he's going to ask us some questions and he's going to share some of his wisdom with us. Yeah. So we are so excited. Jim Lanscott is here, a longtime dear friend of mine and our families. And uh, so a little bit about Jim. Jim's background includes over 15 years in various HR talent management and recruiting leadership roles. Jim is currently in customer engagement and solutions program management role with a technology company in the Pacific Northwest most of you have all heard of. His education includes a master's degree in organizational development and a passion for systems and design thinking. I had the pleasure actually of serving uh, with him and as he was going through that process and, and he, he put in a lot of work and has learned a ton around this area. Uh, however, he is most proud of being a, uh, a husband to Gene and a father to Jimmy and Julia. Jim's other passions include reading, writing, meditation, baseball, high school football, farmer's markets, and spicy foods. And I noticed that he didn't put NFL football because his Raiders are on the struggle <laughs> bus. They're year. not loving the process right now. <laughs> they should be, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that omission. So we're so glad you're here, Jim. And, Thank and, you. And uh, Jim is going to to lead our discussion today and, and, and really on this topic that has been most uh, asked of us to to go deeper into, aside maybe from how do I de- define and discover what my mission is, is this idea of staying present yeah. in the moment. Yeah, I was uh, super excited about this topic when you brought it up, owning the moment, being present. Um in the moment. And the first thing that, that kind of crossed my mind is what I've done for a living the past, you know, 15, 20 years in, in coaching um, leaders at the corporate level around building out their strategies for uh, delivering on product ideas at a, at a large software company. Um, and, you know, I always started with, with strategy. That was the first place I'd go to. And, and with that, it was, what's your mission? So with your first podcast of what's your mission and purpose, that really resonated with me because I think that is the go-to place to start. Um, it's, it's what's your why. Uh, and then around that, you start out with what are your strategic goals and big rocks that you build upon in support of that mission and then your activities that you do on a daily basis that you execute in service of it. Um, and then how do you be, what is your culture? Like what are the daily attributes and how do you interact with other people in support of that? Um, you know, along with that, it's the day to day, it's how you show up. And I think it's, it's being present and in the moment for yourself and for others. And I think that falls along the wayside, um, you know, the most, most often for, for leaders that I've seen and that it's what they struggle with the most. Hmm. Um, it's what I coach people on the most when I meet with them, Hmm. it's getting them to, to stay in the moment. They end up 
future tripping on their strategy. Oh, well, if I do this, um, this won't happen, or I'm not going to, you know, I won't hit my numbers at the end of fiscal, or it's a lot of fear. Um, Or they start looking at the past and tripping out about things that happened in the past and and looking at regrets. Um, And, you know, I guess that isn't only in the corporate world, but also anywhere. Right, right. No, I I love what you said there about the discipline, really the discipline to show up well um, and, and the kind of the, the understanding that all things happen, you know, I like to say in between the claps, right? In the moment, <laughs> they happen in the moment and, and the, all the power lies in the execution, right? So often we talk uh, on this podcast on, on knowledge and, and ideas that if adopted and acted on can really move the needle. But knowledge in and of itself uh, and awareness in and of itself is just potential power. So, so one of the questions I'm, you know, looking to unpack today, you know, to your point is how do we move from that awareness, which I think is becoming more and more, you know, mainstream, the awareness of our lack of ability to stay in the moment and the performance, you know, declination that that's causing. So what strategies and techniques and, and the ability to develop the discipline to show up well and stay in the moment? Um, I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think too, when we're thinking about, you know, we've, we've recently been talking about habits and goals and persistence mm-hmm. to those habits and those goals. And I think that's very outcome focused that we want to know, we know what we want it to look like. And so I feel like it's easy to look at what do we want it to look like? instead of looking at, well, what's the process that I'm creating right now? What's the day-to-day that I'm creating right now that will get me to that outcome? And I, I feel, I agree, I feel it's the same way. When we look at leadership at my company as well, we tend to focus on, well, where are we at according to that metric for the future, instead of what's a metric we could measure today, right now, to help me figure out whether or not I'm going to get to that outcome? Right, right, and so, so, you know, one of the things that we talk about in this is that ability to to take some time in the morning, and and it is a strategy that will help discipline the mind towards owning the moment. Taking some time in the morning to be grateful, mm-hmm. and and to to clear ourselves of of any distraction, and 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 there's fourteen hundred forty minutes in a day, and I promise we'll have a podcast at some point called fourteen forty, mm-hmm. and. And it's those five or so maybe I said, you know, like I said in in a previous podcast, I'm five minute guy. Um, You know, one of the strategies or ideas or paradigm shifts, right? So often in this too, it it comes down, I think, to when we have a a shift in our paradigm, basically a shift in how we see things. Everybody perceives the world in a certain way. And so so one of the shifts for me in paradigm, it was probably back in 2009. Uh, I was having breakfast with a, a mentor of mine and uh, name's Billy Tormey. And, and, and he said, he said to me uh, this idea of Johnny, why don't you try to stay in the next five minutes? Like anything outside of the next five minutes is, is really too spiritually out of your world, right? Or too far out of the realm. Like when you get out of that moment of power, everything kind of gets sideways and 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 I was able to recognize that and 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 work toward doing that 
another resource that was was given to me that I that I highly recommend uh, people taking the time to read on this topic is a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And, and in there, Eckhart talks about uh, the, the strategies to listen to the, to the subconscious mind and listen to and, and, and talk to yourself almost about the ideas and things that come through your mind and, and ignore them so that you can stay present to what is, what is happening right in front of you. The, uh, you know, the other thing uh, that I would maybe add on this is uh, comparison is a killer, mm-hmm. right? This awareness of, being, of, of, of comparison culture, I'll just call it. I think we, we have a comparison culture where, like Adrian said too, and companies and leaders are measured against other leaders and they're measured against, um, it's a competitive world. And I'm not saying don't compete, but the in, the amount of any time I'll give a real time example of this. We we brought a new guy to the workout this morning, and and uh, it was his first time. And he's on uh, treadmill number one. I'm on treadmill number three. Another friend's on treadmill two and and four. And I'm I'm watching his his performance while I'm running, and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Let's go, like pick it up. Like I'm trying to trying to tell him to get after it. And my performance declined because I was outside of what I had the, the power to do. Now, because I like to coach and because I like to encourage, um, my mission supersedes the reality that I've mm. just about puked uh, in the workout <laughs> and, and was in it, but I had a diminished performance. And so how do we continue to stay present in that is, is a great idea. It's a good point. Uh, John, I want to go back to something that you talked about earlier. You brought up the word habit, or I think, yeah, Adrian, you said it as well. Um, and that's one of the things that I coach leaders on as well is creating these habits. And one of the coaching mechanisms that I bring up is, is putting a routine in their day. Um, and it's, it's real simple, too. It's not a, a tough uh, tool to, to implement. And it's as easy as looking at their day in the morning when they get up um, over a cup of coffee, looking at that Outlook calendar, seeing what meetings they have on the, cal- on the docket, and seeing what might stress them out. Right. You know, who, who do they have a contentious meeting with during the day? and kind of mentally preparing themselves for it mm. and saying, yeah. you know, why, why is that meeting creating that, that unease and in my, in my gut? Um, what can I do to be of service to that person that's caused that's in that meeting that is contention causing that contention? Mm. Um, where, where could I be of service? Mm. Um, how, what can I bring to that meeting to make it a more positive meeting? Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, doing pretty much the same thing, but in reverse, it's, it's looking at their day before they go to bed and say, and kind of just take an inventory of it and reflecting and saying, you know, where did I accomplish what I set out to do for today? Did, did I make that meeting as positive as I intended to? 
Yeah, that's good. You know, so. Yeah, that's really good. We use, at our company, we use later standard work. And I think it's sort of a common, it can be a common item. But I feel like, to me, when we're creating later standard work for our leaders, we want to really think about what are the habits that we want Mm -hmm. them to fall into? What are the habits that we want them to perform so that, you know, they can, without thinking about it, look at an item and check it off to say, yes, I have actually spoken with everyone on my team. You know how busy you can get first thing in the morning that all of a sudden you come into the office and you go straight into a meeting and it turns out it's two, two 30 in the afternoon and I haven't actually had any FaceTime with anyone on my team. So just a check-in. Hey, how are things going? How can I support you? Mm. You know, I was listening to Brendan Burchard he was on an interview the other day and he wrote that book, um, High Performance Habits. Yep. Have you read that? And so he wrote that book, High Performance Habits. And he was talking about when he enters a room, he has a little mantra that he says. I can't remember word for word the mantra, but it's something like, I enter this room to learn and to serve. Hmm. And it's his reminder that every time his trigger is a door, that that's his trigger, that he's entering this room. And so therefore he should hmm. say it to himself. And I love that thought of having a trigger, right? Something that's reminding you. Right. to do something. So I love that concept. Um, but also just the thought that he's, he's being purposeful around why is he here? Why has he entered this room? Why is he, you know, in this meeting or why is he coming home? What's he doing here to learn and to serve? And I love that. Right. I can't even remember if those were his exact words, but I think they'll be mine. I love it. I, I love that. And the idea of trigger Adrian is talking about, and, and I, I talked about this in a couple of podcasts ago, the, the book, the power of habit, um, you know, written a couple years ago, bright yellow cover, uh, the power of habit talks about triggers causing, you know, causing us to take a certain action. And, and sometimes they're, they're, they're performance enhancing and sometimes they're they're not so performance enhancing. And so I love that. Uh, that's the first that I'd heard of that, uh, to learn and to serve. I think that's a, a great takeaway The you know, the same point, Jim, on this idea of developing the discipline, uh, I call it today mentality, right? Mm-hmm. This idea of today has enough trouble of its own. Like, uh, let's not worry about tomorrow, right? Let's not concern ourselves with, with things that are past. And, 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 you know, the old cliche, take it one day at a time. And, and I remember for a while, I was a hater. I'm like, you gotta have goals, man. Like how, that's like, you know, I feel, figured that mentality of, of just attack the day was was for a guy that was trying to catch up and, and just didn't want to think about the fact that he didn't have any goals or, or whatever. And so I remember being at a Seahawks game on a Sunday and, and a friend of mine that I'd seen at church a few times, he'd, uh, he, he's on the field handing out a $10,000 scholarship on behalf of quest at this time. And, and I'm going, dude, <laughs> I call him quest, Bob. I'm like, dude, that's quest, Bob. And so, so the next time I saw him, I said, man, did I see you at the, on the field handing out the check for the scholarship? He said, he said, yeah. I go, man, I'd, I'd love to just keep, he led, I think the entire Western United States time. I said, man, I would love to just grab breakfast with you or whatever. Uh, as I aspire to be uh, a leader, right? As in my late twenties, and uh, so we grabbed breakfast, and it was back when you had a BlackBerry, <laughs> and he he was coaching me on this point, and he said, "Do you know when I figure out what's going to happen in my day? When I turn on my BlackBerry, he goes, I have the discipline at night to order my day, and to have prepared what I'm going to do, right? This idea of either you 
run the day or the day runs you. That's been a theme over the last few weeks, like running your day, designing your day and, and, and deciding what matters most and executing on those things. And I'm like, you do? And he goes, yeah, every day is today. I turn it on and, uh, and then I look at the calendar and, and I get my mind, like, like Adrian said, around my, my most important tasks and, and my standard work items. <laughs> I check in with my team members. I write a couple notes, all these things that he's going to do. But he doesn't, he doesn't put any power into those items until that morning. And, and I, it was a novel concept for me. <clears throat> and so if somebody's out there listening and, and, and that's a novel concept for you, uh, I encourage you to to trust me as, as I have over almost a decade now bought into that concept and, and it is, it has allowed me to be better at staying present. Yeah. You know, I think when I think about staying present at first, I thought it had to be a moment by moment activity. And then I realized I'm not, I'm not good enough yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. So really mine is more about today, right? Not worrying about like catching myself when I start to worry about something that hap- that's going to happen in the future or catching myself before I stress out about something I may have said or something that happened in the past and instead stopping, taking a moment if I need to learn from it, understand what those learnings were, but then moving on, getting, getting away from that. So really mine was really about focusing on just today. My grandma used to say, well, I got to worry in. And so that's like a phrase that comes up in our family. Well, I got to worry in. I woke up and tomorrow. I got to worry in. <laughs> and so I realized that, okay, maybe there is something that, something to that I got to worry in, right? So, well, let me just write it down so that I can stop worrying about it. But then I move, I move on and I move back to just what's, what's happening today instead of, I mean, and that's just where I'm at. I'm not ready to just think about just this next five minutes. I like to have a preparation for the whole day, but. That I feel like that has helped me a ton to not just catch myself, I guess, when I'm worried, when I have too much worries mm. about the future. And I do find myself worrying a lot less. Yeah. And, 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 you, and playing out like the what ifs a lot less. Oh yeah. I yeah. feel like that's like a common, what if this happens? What if this happens? How about we just enjoy, let's just enjoy what we're doing today and not necessarily worry about the future. Well, and Jim talked about that idea of performance and, and one of the things that I think if you study high performers, they have uh, what I, I would call next mentality. I, I have shirts that say next on them. Every office that I've occupied since I was 23 years old uh, in my first job out of college had a big sign on it that said next. And when you're in you're in sales and you are, you know, you get nine no's for every yes or nine no's for every maybe depending on the, the type of sales job you're in. I mean, I just talked to a friend of mine, uh, Derek Peterson, who is in sales uh, of tenant uh, representation, and, and he makes 782 calls for one deal. He makes 782 calls <laughs> for one deal. He has to be able to flush what just occurred. That's our topic of resilience. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. has to be able to flush what just rec- occurred such that you can stay in the moment right. and, and, and so next mentality and, and, the, and the, the, the cliche or whatever, and I've been saying it for years and yeah. now catching on a little bit is this idea of what's next. Mm-hmm. Cause that's all there is. We will never get a moment back and we'll, and we and then the other key though, I'm not saying be sociopathic about it. You talked about the review at the end of the day 
And I think that is so vital that that taking inventory of 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 what moments that happened and occurred over the day and 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 analyzing how I can be better. And that's why we call it a process. It's not an overnight matter. It's going to be a process and it will continue for a lifetime. You know, I want to bring up the, um, the concept of perspective as well. And, you know, John, you and I were talking on the phone like we normally do on, on a commute. When I'm stuck in traffic, I'll dial up John and we'll pontificate Sorry. on a topic for <laughs> a long time. And we t- started talking about being present in this topic, in this podcast. And um, John said, how long do you think you're going to live? <laughs> well, um, if all goes well, the goal is 100. And he said, well, how many days is that? So it's roughly around 20,000 days. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at it. He's shy of 20. Just about 20,000 yeah, yeah, days. Yep, yep. That puts it into a different perspective. <laughs> Yeah. So when I start looking at how I spend my time, and time is a finite commodity, um, that changes things. Yeah. Do I really want to spend my time with my family in the background in the kitchen while I have my laptop on my lap doing email with ESPN on the TV? So I have and a, and a cell phone on my lap. So I have three screens going, <laughs> and my family in the background. Yeah. Is that a good use of my time? Am I being present for any one thing? Right. And what you're alluding to no. is awesome because the, it'll be, it'll typically be one thing. Like for me, this is a few years ago. And, and look for the escape routes. This is what I'm going to suggest. Look for the escape routes that'll help you be more present. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, fancy football. And I know a bunch of folks, I'm not hating on fancy football. I just I just had to let it go. I had to let fantasy football go because it was it was taking so much time and I would be thinking energy. about energy energy but energy and 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 and, and, and yeah <laughs> right energy in the moment forget the time the energy in the moment where I'm truly I'm thinking about the waiver wire while I'm at a sporting <laughs> event with the kids right I'm going, shoot, I, I could make this trade. I am so far removed from anything. And, and you know what? I'm just convinced. I'm just going to, yeah, I know I'm going to lose some followers of this podcast right here. <laughs> that's okay. I'm convinced that no one will ever go, man, I'm sure glad I won that fantasy football trophy back in 2017 when they're <laughs> on their deathbed. And, and speaking of owning the moment, I noticed that Jim, whose son uh, goes to Woodenville High School and plays football there, Whereas Woodenville Falcons champion something hat. King Co. Yeah. Three-peat yeah. champion. And so I decided <laughs> I I needed to bring some. I Actually, my undershirt was Bothell. Uh, so I took my sweatshirt off. And okay. now we are totally ready to talk okay. about energy. Yes. And, and owning it. All right. So, um, yeah, the, the whole concept of energy and how it uh, relates to being in the, in the moment, being present. <laughs> Um, and, and I can come up with a gazillion different professional sports, um, you know, analogies and, and different, uh, examples, you know, from Kobe Bryant and the Mamba mentality and being locked in to Tiger Woods, um, winning the masters and and being dialed in at Augusta, um, Michael Jordan playing with the flu 
yep. with 104 degree fever and putting up over 50 something points it and, takes. Yeah. and killing it. Uh, the, the list goes on and on. Yep. Um, and what do all those guys have in common? They're, they're dialed in, they're locked into their mission. Yep. Um, they're completely focused on the court, on the course, in the, in the moment, right. what they're doing right then and there, nothing else around them is distracting them. Yeah. I think, I think LeBron James is the same way. I, I, I don't know. It might've been you who sent me, uh, uh, or somebody else that sent me, it was you that sent me yeah. a clip of, of LeBron last week coaching his son up as his son, uh, they, they had won the game, but his son had missed some shots yeah. and, uh, some crucial shots, but they won the game and, and, and he sat him down and he, <laughs> LeBron owned the moment. He, totally he, he sat down with his son and said, said, you had a great game. Don't worry about making or missing shots. Don't worry about making or missing shots. And he talked about the offensive rebound he got. He talked about the, the swing pass for the game winner. Okay. He talked, about, he talked about things that contributed to the victory for his son, which ultimately to this idea, this concept of of energy and these guys that you're talking about. And, and I would say, uh, David Goggins, I, you know, I've talked about him a bit on mm-hmm. here. He talked about, um, the same concept of, of staying very present to, to, but you have to know what your mission is. Again, this is and and, and I said it previously and I'll say it again. If you want to reach out to us personally, because you're, you're caught up on trying to figure out what your mission is, the, everything else we talk about revolves around, like you said, what's your mission? And those guys are on a mission. They are going to do whatever it takes within their power, and they stay very present, and they, and they, they, they relentlessly prepare. Relentlessly. I just read this article uh, about uh, the SEAL team that went over to, uh, um, I guess, eliminate. I'm going to use the word eliminate. Osama bin Laden. And... The preparation that goes into those guys is relentless. And so it is, it is, it is a combination of, of both staying very present, but I believe also of the preparation. And, and those guys uh, were, some of them, what I've heard is they, they slept on the plane over there. They had done so much uh, detailed understanding that they, a couple of them spoke the, the native language and were able to speak to his son in that language and draw him out of a, around a corner. And, and t- what these guys will also say is that, and this is an element in the mind, where things become very, very still. And I think it's also a product of the preparation. I think we can't just talk about, I think we would be remiss to talk about energy and, and, and staying in the moment as an idea without talking about the ridiculous levels of preparation that's necessary to win in the moment. Right. And, and those guys all, none of those guys you mentioned would be outworked. Jordan would say, man, I'm a, I'm, I'm a superstitious afraid that if I'm not working, somebody else is working. He would not be outworked. Yeah. And I, I think to take that to like a day to day in your life example, you know, using John had mentioned in a couple podcasts ago about doing, um, affirmations with the girls and really that's just training their brain or preparing their brain so that when something hard happens, they're saying, but I have a strong body right. in their brain. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm so okay. Something, <laughs> I'm okay. Right. So if they fall down at the playground, they're not 
if they're not actually hurt, they're not calling for a teacher. They're popping up and saying, I'm okay. I have a strong body in their brain because we're, they're practicing, they're preparing and we're figuring out what are the things we want their brain to be prepared to be able to say. And I think, I mean, it's the same thing as a mom. I feel like those moments of frustration or those moments of everyone screaming at the same time could easily turn into me screaming at them and oftentimes does. <laughs> but how do I prepare my brain and prepare myself so that I'm can continue to stay calm in the moment? Not just, you know, LeBron James on the basketball court. Yeah. But just me at home m- making dinner for but the family. But he was doing it with his son too. <laughs> right. That's that's what I think is beautiful yeah. about that. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And and and, and there's usually the other thing I would say about energy, things that suck our energy, detract our energy, take our energy. There's like three categories that that I think really people um, often will fall into, not to overgeneralize. Sure. Um, one is busyness, right? This idea of this, this busy culture. I'm busy. People go, man, I, I, I'm busy. I'm thinking we all have 1,440 minutes. Like you're, you're executing on the same exact amount of time I am. So what is what does busy really mean? I mean, what does that mean? Really, you're just saying, man, I'm giving a lot of energy to meaningless shit. I mean, honestly, that's that's what that that's what I honestly think busy can can mean, because when you're executing the other pieces, when you're executing on mission, time does not take it doesn't take your energy. It actually fuels your energy. And and at the end of the, the, the struggle, at the end of the endeavor, you will Vince Lombardi talk about you may lay on the field having spent it all. But during the during what you're doing, you you, you feel uh, in a space of of total energy and total on intention and total on purpose. So, but you have to get away from those things that detract. It's interesting you brought up the distraction of of uh, of busy, and I think for me the the first thing that pops into my mind is social media, and 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 technology sure. for that matter. Yeah, how do you um, deploy that tool? Absolutely. Well, how do you use it responsibly? Effectively. Yep. And effectively. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think everyone's got a, a smartphone now. Yeah. My wife's 109-year-old. She'll be 109, her grandma. Yeah. St. Simon Island, Georgia. Yeah. She has a smartphone and an iPad. She's on Facebook. She loves the process. She's, Absolutely. She, she's adopted. That and, is amazing. Adrian's <laughs> grandpa was like learning email at 99 yeah. and driving. Well, she sold her last home. She was a real estate agent. She sold her last home at age 99. And um, <laughs> that's awesome. And, you know, she's on it. And, and people are distracted. I gave, my last, I gave my last example of me sitting on the couch, my family in the background. I'm watching the Golden State Warriors with a cell phone on my lap, my laptop on my lap. And... You know, I'm not doing any one thing super, super well. I'm doing mm. everything kind of half-ass yeah. and, you know, not optimally. Um, what tools do you guys kind of deploy for yourselves to kind of put those distractions at bay? To focus. Yeah. And, you know, and Adrian, uh, I'm going to let her tackle this uh, more fully too. Uh, we often have discussions about that so that is a consistent conversation around and i think when i just think there's so many demands um on time and and oftentimes they're all quote unquote worthy 
And so how do we um, effectively prioritize and focus is, is often seasonal. Um, and and, and, and the, the kicker and the key, I think, and, and we are not perfect at this, is you got to commit to that focus. Yeah. I need to give myself a break. <laughs> like, I don't mean, yep. like, literally take time off. Vacations are healthy, obviously. Self-care is really important, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just give, letting myself off the hook that if I am choosing to be a working mom, when I get to work, let myself be there. Don't worry and stress about the fact that the three-year-old cried the whole time I was leaving, right? She's going to be fine. I am making this decision as this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. I am making this decision for the future that I like the fact that my kids are watching me work hard at something that I enjoy. I think that's important for them to see their mom doing something for themselves that they enjoy and living into what skills I've been given. Yeah. So that they can learn how to do the same. And when I'm home, I want to be, I want to be present. Now, I, I think John is right that things are in seasons. I'm, I work from home sometimes. And so if I am working from home at that moment and the baby needs to be fed, I'm okay with right now. Look right now, I'm feeding the baby and doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think we just need to be okay with the decision that we're making in that moment. And yep. let ourselves off the hook for it. Give, and I love that. Give yourself a break idea. And, and really, um, one of the thoughts that, that came to my mind was, you know, you're, you're never going to shoot the moon in this. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it is, it is uh, perfection is problematic. It is the idea that we, you could be perfect in this concept. And, and not only that, but it's individualized a lot. And, and so... Adrian's um, ability to and and uh, working towards this concept of staying in the moment can be different than mine mm-hmm. and or yours. And so there's not like a one size fits all four steps to staying in the moment, four steps to staying present. I think it starts with awareness. And then I do think it starts with that, which she's really alluding to is just the acceptance of what is uh, an ability to just accept life as it actually is. And then from there, take the next action uh, based on what is and, 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 and give yourself a break. And, and uh, grace uh, of self and of others um, really can allow for uh, the staying in the moment. I still love the idea, the concept as we go into a space, into a room with people to what can I learn and how can I serve? I mean, I really love that idea. Um, okay, so I, a few years ago, I was reading this book called Drop the Ball. By Tiffany, I want to say Dufu. Uh, Tiffany Dufu, I think. So anyway, she was ta- in this book, Drop the Ball. She was talking about um, what are you going to let go? What are you going to give up? And I think that just reminds me of the concept that we can't have it all. We want to say, we say, let's, I want to have it all. And I think a lot of women get caught up in that on how do I have it all? How do I do everything that I want to do and be and successfully raise women and we can't be or successfully raise children and we can't be everywhere at the same time. So we need to figure out where we want to be in this exact moment and then be there, be present there. One of the things that I've found helpful in the past is to, I make one to-do list. I put everything on the same to-do list. So I used to separate them out. This is my work to-do list. This is my home to-do list. This is my, you know, self-care. 
But when I find it all on one list, then I know that this is, this is everything. I don't have to constantly think when I'm at work, Oh, what are the things that I'm missing or forgetting at home? So good. Right. Or when I'm at home, what are the things that I'm missing or forgetting at work? It's just all on one list. And whenever I have the time or the moment or the need to fulfill something on that list, I do it then regardless of where I'm at, because I think I can be more present and move forward more quickly if I'm able to do that. So if I'm at work and in the office and I know that I have to get my grocery order in by three o'clock. I get my grocery order done at work at the office so I can check it off and not have to stress about, well, what am I going to make for dinner if I don't get that done later? Because then I'm no longer in the moment. And I feel like that has really helped me to kind of move forward. It's just, I've got one list with everything on it. Right. We do the same thing with, you know, great football teams uh, do the same thing with football. Uh, It's time to practice. And so your girlfriend, I'm talking high school football now, and maybe college and maybe pros, your girlfriend, your stuff at home and everything else. Like, like there's, you can't, there's nothing else to do right now except play football. Like you, Tom talks about that all the time. Let's stay here and play football. That's it. And if there is something like Adrian said that needs to get handled, go handle it. And then let's play football. What do the Patriots say, John? Do your job. Do your job. <laughs> and so these cues, these, these strategies, these, these ways of, of navigating this, I think are, are, are mighty important. And, and the, the integrity, everybody wants to be great. Every, every, I mean, we could interview everybody listening to this. You're, you're not listening to this because you don't want to be great. The critical moments come where Adrian's talking about this idea of letting something go. And I, and I think one of the concepts that she's alluding to that, that, that I coach out as well is that it, it's all the same. It's, it's you, you, you can't compartmentalize in this time and space effectively and, and, and have, a high perf- have a high performance. You have to treat it with the flexibility of, of what do I need to accomplish today and get those things done. Yeah, and I think this idea well, of balance it's an interesting thought to think that we could balance one thing versus another, right? If I want to balance working out versus staying home with my kids, well, that's a hard thing to balance because obviously our kids are always going to be more important, but is our, is our kids more important than self care? Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. I think balance is a concept that we probably need to throw out the window. Balance is for the birds. <laughs> balance. I'm just going to say balance is for the birds. And, and I would I love agree. somebody to come back and tell us where agree. balance came from or with the concept of balance. And man, is I it mean, a life. luxury to have this idea of, man, I'm going to have balance in my life. Life is full of trade-offs. Life it's is amazing trade-offs. how it good is it one. is in America to be able to say, so I'm going to balance it. You know what? Not in Uganda. They weren't worried about balance. Okay. Well, just we have, them. we have one life, right? We have this one moment that we're living right now. So we can't, we don't want to, we're not going to weigh things back and forth. We just need to figure out this is our one life. Where are we going to spend our 1440? Right. Yeah. Our 1440 minutes yep. every yep. day. Where are we going to spend them? And are we proud of and excited showing up well, learning and serving in those moments? So I heard awesome. a lot of great things from you two this morning. Um, the top thing, three things that I'm taking away from this, uh, aside from that, I've only got about 20,000 days left john thank you hey, I'm, is, here um, I'm here for you is uh reflection is a powerful tool to, and and you know creating habits of reflection um g- the importance of giving yourself a break and it's all about progress 
um, and self-care equals selflessness. I can't, I, I'm more able to care for others and be of service if I'm taking care of self. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd add one thing on that idea. It's a concept that everybody may have heard or may not have heard, but it's like when you get on the airplane and they, they, the stewardess up there, we don't listen to them anymore, but uh, hardly. Um, that's probably even the wrong term, flight attendant. And, and they say, hey, you need to, if, if we are in an emergency and the mask come down, put yours on first. I, I totally agree that you've got to prepare yourself and to show up well uh, to be of use to others. So, awesome. I want to go into the... Let's jump into our top four. Okay. All right. A quote of the week. So here's a quote um, to help us love this podcast. It's out of a it's out of a book called Own the Moment by, by Carl, Carl Lentz. Lentz. <laughs> I highly recommend the Audible. By the way, he 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 is a great storyteller. He reads it uh, and it is awesome. We listened to it on a road trip uh, a year ago or so. He said this, sometimes you are faced with moments in life that literally scare you to death. But if what you love or believe matters enough, you will own it. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you are faced with moments in life that literally scare you to death. And Jim talked about fear a little bit earlier. That literally scare you to death. But if what you love or believes believe matters enough you will own it it's like when a kid asks you where babies come from (laughs) oh yeah we've had that moment we've had that moment we had the moment where malibu came home and said my friend i won't use her name my friend said something something and we said oh whoa well i'm just telling you that's what happened well, let's let's own the moment. Let's let's have, let's let's not pull any punches. When that happens, when your your third grader comes home and says that to you, Adrian's response was unbelievable. Do you remember what it was? Oh man, I wrote it down. It was so good. I might be able to find it while you do the next quote. I think, <laughs> I think what I said was, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, here. that's fantastic." <sighs> I think I said. What does that mean? That's what you said. And she said, I don't really know, but she said it's really, really bad. And I said, well, then we probably shouldn't use it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I immediately texted my husband and said, oh, my goodness, do you know what just happened? But you got to show up in those moments. There's moments like that where you just expect the unexpected. We talked about that, but where you just go, man. Okay. Okay, kid quote of the week. All right, let me. I'm going to tell you a little story. So we have this little boat. Nineteen and a half foot. Nineteen and a half foot boat, and we use it mostly on Lake Washington. But Lake Washington connects to the Sound, the Puget Sound, through the Ballard Locks, and so we got this little whim. Hey, you know what? We're going to Woodby Island this weekend. Let's just take the boat. It will be so fun. You guys can imagine this was John's idea. Friday. It was Friday. It came, the idea came up, came in my head Friday morning. And apparently... Uh, Before he checked the weather. Well, the wind. Especially you want to know the wind. The weather I knew was going to be great. Uh, the, the sun was going to shine. and But the wind is something that you want to make yourself aware of 
once you get outside the comforts of Lake Washington. Okay, so we get through the Ballard Locks, which was really a fun adventure. We get through the Ballard Locks, we're out in the Puget Sound, and we're trying to get to Woodby Island. And it's supposed to be like a two-hour, right? Yep. From, we our, from, from, our, from, from our dock all the way there. From yep. our dock yep. all yep. the way to Woodby Island, we were yep. thinking about two hours. Yep. And so we're like... <laughs> Leave at 4.30, get there at 6.30, just in time to eat crab and dinner. Yeah. And it's sunny, so or it's summer, you know, so it's... It'll, it's late or it's light later right so anyway we're out on the water it starts to get windier and windier which means the swells are getting bigger and bigger and they are just crashing over the top of the boat olive our three-year-old now was i don't, and I don't know baby in arms age and the water is just crashing over her face she doesn't say a word she was like an angel during that moment which was helpful it is just crashing, crashing, crashing. Oh, she and was like so nine we're months like, old. Where, we don't even know where we are. We've been in the boat for an hour and yeah. a half, just being crashed upon. Just yeah. And we've gone, so finally we see a town and we're like, well, we better pull over and take a break. Well, did you tell the part when the, the big crash came on? I don't know. Uh, so the, this huge wave just kind of, this is the moment that, this is the moment <laughs> where I go, because here's what I was thinking. I was, everybody's in a life jacket. We stay sort of close to shore. I'm going to grab the baby. And, and I already have the baby. I know. I'm going to grab the baby. I had all the kids. The, I was holding on to every I know, one. in the boat. I'm talking if, <laughs> if, the boat, if the boat turned upside the wrong way. And so I'm going to grab the baby, and, and, and the other two will certainly float, and Adrian will work with them to get to shore, and we'll get to shore, and we'll be really, no, really, really cold. The baby had a... I know, but baby, yeah, but yeah, she's nine months old. It's not, a, she's not very old. Anyway, so we get, <laughs> she can float. we get splashed. I mean, Adrian and Olive just get caked with water, like drenched. And, uh, and it's now not all that sunny even. And I'm thinking, huh, this is not good. Okay. That's really one thought. There's not a lot of boats out there either. There's no 19 and a half foot ski boats sitting on this water anywhere. And so then go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so we see a town. We decide we have... Okay, I have to get Edmonds. out of this boat. And so we pull over and it's Edmonds, <clears throat> which means we have not gone anywhere. We've hardly gone anywhere. We had a ways left. We had a long ways left. It <laughs> took us forever to get to Edmonds. So we get out it's and we're trying to figure out what are we going to do now? And we are just sopping wet, cold. There's a little restaurant up there. Um, Anthony's yeah. or something is up yeah. there. And yep. so we're walking up. We're standing by Anthony's. Likely we had an intern living with us. And so yep. we called him and we're like, can you bring our car? Can you come get us? As we're standing there and we're shivering and we're like, we just start laughing out loud. We're like, this is crazy. And not just and any Malibu, intern. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny was living with us. <laughs> and John, yeah. And so we're laughing out loud, trying to figure out, this is crazy. Oh How do we get ourselves in this position? And Malibu all of a sudden goes, I love this family. It's always an adventure. <laughs> I'm like, hallelujah, that's how you're saying it. And so then I was thinking, this is crazy. Shoot, we might press on. And then, uh, yeah, obviously, I was not and thinking then, that. And she wasn't thinking that. And then, right as I thought that canyon tripped, and, and I thought to myself, well, I think that's a sign. <laughs> so we did shut it down. We left the boat there. But I love the, the, that, that idea of, of those moments that, that literally could theoretically scare you. To be scared to death that you can face those with courage and it is again we are not perfect at this and we're in process at this um and and we progress at this you know we talk about we've been married 12 years 11 good ones and we've been through a lot of things to be in the space that we're in right now 
but it is attainable with awareness and action and discipline over time uh, to be able to to have better performance because because there's a lot of different ways that scenario goes and I would suggest too that that they go more poorly like the the results are worse um, now I get it people are like well what were you doing out on Lake Washington and not looking at the weather and, and there's going to be that thought too and 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 I just lean to and I did talk to my friend Troy uh, at football uh, practice and, and he said to look at this app and and I sort of did but I couldn't quite understand what it said and I thought we were going to be okay so but I didn't have a full understanding of the situation so back to you again preparation as well but great story sorry <laughs> Okay, um, John, what are you loving right now? You know, I'm loving this Christmas season. Um, I'm loving... It's not Christmas. Well, I know, but I'm loving... It's still Christmas to me, okay? And, <laughs> and, I, and I, love the, I love this time of year where the family um, and the freshness and the newness of, uh, of, of a new year. And, um, and, and I call it Christmas season usually till after the Super Bowl. Um, because I need something to help me endure the crappy weather that we get in Seattle that seems like it drags on. And so that's, that's why I said it that way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jim, what about you? What's something you are loving right now? Um, I'm reeling off a high right now from last night. My family, we volunteered, um, at Mary's place in Seattle and, uh, served, uh, families, um, there were uh, down on their luck for the holiday season. And it was great to just see my family uh, out there together um, helping others and, and coming together and say more on that. Smiling I mean, and they left, their, on, yeah. they, they left their phones in the car. These the te- my teenagers, <laughs> my 14 year old daughter and almost 16 year old son left their cell phones, That's their awesome. lifelines in the car <laughs> and were without them untethered for uh, three hours and were just fine. And they had smiles on their faces the whole time, helping out these little kids wrap presents for their parents Mm. and um it was just fantastic and uh you know just being of service to others gets you out of your own head and um you know in your they were in the moment (laughs) that's awesome okay i am loving i think the i mean the freshness of the new year also john i just yeah i think loving this baby that's snuggling me right now (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm just loving, yeah, this idea that we're going to plow into 2019 with being present, having a great time, and just, yeah, loving our kids and just being able to be be with our kids and enjoy who we are. So uh, you want to go to learning? Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things I'm, I'm learning is that, uh, and I've talked about it a little bit too, but really learning as we were in this journey and I've had the opportunity to to talk to a, a, a number of people who who listen to our podcast and, and are are in tune to this idea of trying to uh, find their mission and 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 execute it on it with, with some of the ideas and strategies that we talk about. And is I'm learning that everybody is in a different place, mm-hmm. and I'm learning that there is no four point plan. There is no seven point to success uh, in terms of finding 
the mission. Uh, and I'm learning that one of the, one of the greatest strategies it can be to just get still, get quiet and get with yourself and look within and, and just, just ask yourself, take stock in, in where you're at and, and be honest and have integrity. And, and that takes intentionality to, to go to those places where there's no distraction, where there's no phone, where there's no internet that's going to interrupt you. There's no email that's going to come in. And, and I'm finding that, man, that is for me huge. And, and I encourage that. Yeah, that's awesome. That actually ties in a little bit with my learning. Um, so a few years ago I had met with a mentor and she had recommended that anytime something moved me, anytime I felt like that's exciting, she wanted me to write it down. And so I was starting to write down anytime that I just felt excited, I was trying to figure out what is happening, you know, what's going on in my life? What am I supposed to, what am I here for? What's my mission? Mm. And I feel like I, I'm in another spot like that where I'm doing that again. I want to write it down again. When you come back and we stepped back and I looked at that list from like, it was like two or three weeks. When I looked back at that list, she says, that's a lot of things. And I'm like, okay. So that I feel like, do you ever, do you ever feel like that where there's just a lot of things that you're excited about, but how do you kind of zoom in on just one? And I feel like that's been something that I've been learning lately is what is it something I'm going to zoom in on? And right now I'm trying to do two. I want two that I want to zoom in on. I want to zoom in on continuing to be a great mom for my kids, be present for my kids, but I also want to be a great team member at work. And those are my two on how do I, how do I do that? Well, enjoy the times that I'm at work. Um, I loved her concept of just writing down the things that you enjoy and the things that are giving you fire. Cause there's definitely stuff at work that doesn't give me fire, right? Checking my email is not exciting for me, but when I get to have a one-on, when I get one-on-one time with somebody and I feel like we're learning from each other and we're spitballing ideas, those are the times that I love. I love that time at work. And when I'm at home and my daughters are asking me deep questions or being silly together, we're doing dance parties in the kitchen. Those are the things that I love. So I want to do more of that. It's awesome. So I what about to, you, I want, Jim? What's something oh, you're learning? Oh, um, I think one of the themes that popped for me when I was doing a one of one of the nights I did a nightly reflection uh, was I noticed about myself that that I spent a lot of time and energy around trying to control things that I had little to no control over, and that's uh, you know spending energy trying to control people and situations and spending lots of cycles there Mm. that came out with no results That's awesome, (laughs) and just a lot of spent energy. So I think it's, um, trying to, I guess, spend more intentional time on things that I can control, which are, is pretty much myself and how I respond to people and institutions and things that's awesome that's good i want to personally thank jim for for being a part of this he added so much to this concept and he has a wealth of experience he's very humble working with some of the top leaders in 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 business and elsewhere and so i really just want to thank him for for coming on and thanks for the invitation i really had a good time and if you have any questions uh adrian will will say a few things too but if you have any questions for us john at love the process.com uh, Adrian at Adri 
Adrian? No. Adrian. A D R I A N E. One N. Adrian at lovetheprocess.com. And I'm willing to take uh, text calls uh, as well. 206 850 7592. 206 850 7592. That is my direct number. Um, please be graceful. Uh, I may not get back to you right away um, to answer your pointed question or to have a, a conversation, but I'm, I'm more than open to those. I'm realizing how great the need is to to have discussions on the concept of what's my mission and 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 to have um somebody that's in your corner so love it and go woodenville falcons go <laughs> go cougs <laughs> thank you on to bothell bye friends thanks so much for listening to the love the process podcast you can find us on itunes instagram and youtube please subscribe share comment and follow along on our journey of loving the process let's go